Hi everyone, and welcome to The Human Behind the Screen. And I'm your host, Shauna Morin. The ways in which we work and scale workforces are changing. No longer are we reliant on physical locations in order to operate as a business or a team. And this shift in building teams and companies is coming rapidly. And businesses are being forced to adapt to what they've always done for years. But what does this mean for the humans behind the screen? How do we bring back that human connection when we primarily work online? In this podcast, we'll be speaking to leaders and experts all over the world to dissect what makes businesses successful at remote working. We'll be discussing the importance of human connection, emotional intelligence, and relationships in an ever-changing virtual world. In this episode, I'm speaking with Leia. Leia is the Director of Talent Acquisition at Help Scout. Leia has been creating inclusive environments since 2005, when she started her career as a New York City public school teacher. After years of educating the youths and working in higher education, she discovered her true love of people operations. So when she heard about Help Scout, who is a remote first tech company, she took a chance. She changed her career path and for the last four and a half years, she's grown the team from 20 to 110 people. Leia loves talking about recruiting like a human, diversifying tech and Beyonce. When I asked her her favorite Beyonce song, she says it has to be Grown Woman. In this episode, Leah and I sit down and have a great chat about the effort that you need to go to and how you can be more creative when you are trying to create a more remote, inclusive environment. I'm sure you will learn a lot of tips. So sit back, relax and enjoy today's episode. So hi, Leah. Thanks for being on the show today. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's 4 p.m. here in Ireland and it's bright. So that always makes me feel happy. So winter is finally gone. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Ireland in about three weeks for our company retreat. We're coming to Dublin. No way. Yeah. Amazing. Is that your first time? Um, I was lucky enough to get to go for a, a scouting trip a couple of weeks ago, actually. Well, now longer, but I loved it. Everyone was very nice. It, it felt a little familiar to me because Boston has, I think, a strong Irish presence. So it was it was great. Nice. Nice. So you scouted out in Ireland to see what it would be like. Yes. Yeah, you have to go see. Yeah. And tell me how many of you guys are flying in from all around the world? I think it'll be about... I've had a hundred people. Wow. Yeah, that's not nothing. <laughs> yeah. And what's the plans? Can you disclose? Uh, sure, I, I can disclose. Indeed. Don't tell anybody though. So we're actually staying at this beautiful hotel called the Carton House. That's about, I think, 30 minutes from the airport, from what I remember. And it has, you know, two beautiful golf courses and has that sort of, you know, castle feel to it, which I'm very excited about. And we get together from a Monday through a Friday, most importantly, just to bond and build those relationships in person. At Help Scout, we love being a remote company, but you know, no one's going to argue that getting together and having FaceTime isn't essential. So we do that twice a year. And in addition, you know, we have time for teams to get together and do some work you know, in real time. We have some presentations from the leadership team. 
and yeah, and it just, we also do some fun activities. Mm. I think we'll be doing some like axe throwing and maybe some Gaelic games, which will be really fun and funny. <laughs> Wear a helmet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope I come back with all my teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it, I think it's lovely, especially going outside of the country or bringing everybody together in a different location really expands you know, people's minds as well, you know, and especially when you're connecting with people only twice a year that you see twice a year. And I'm sure you guys are growing quite quickly. So there's probably going to be new teammates there that maybe you haven't even met before. Yeah, it's true. And it, again, just goes to why we'll always do co- these retreats. You know, they're not cheap, but the value and the ROI is, you know, you can't measure that. Absolutely. So talk to me about Help Scout, because from doing a little bit of research, I know that your founding team and and all of the team now, but they really believe that hiring people shouldn't have to be tied to a specific location. So that was kind of the nudge for you guys to start saying, you know what, quality people are everywhere. Let's go remote. Am I right in saying that? Uh, You are right. So our three founders, Nick, Denny and Jared, wanted to be remote from the beginning and they had worked together in various forms previously and had lived in different cities. So they were used to not being co-located by design. And we're like, let's build a company like this. They were also, you know, big fans of what Basecamp was doing in the remote world. And they were like, yeah, this makes sense. It's a competitive advantage. And as you said, there are great people all over the world. So that's how Help Scout was deliberately designed and has stayed. And I, I can't imagine it being any other way. Amazing. So you've had a lot of different roles within Help Scout. So tell me a little bit about when you worked on the talent acquisition team and what that hiring process looked like. That How did you optimize that for a remote? Yeah. So our head of people, Becca and Nick, our CEO and co-founder, had already put together a process in place for hiring and in a remote company. And then I was able to really just refine that and 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 tinker with it just to make sure, you know, it was efficient and that we were removing bias where possible. And what I love about it is we hi- we've hired a hundred people and you never meet them face to face until after you've hired them. And I think still that, you know, really floors so many people when they're like, but how do you know if they're going to be a good fit or yeah. a great, a great hire? And it's like, you know, you know, it's possible. And so everyone who goes through our hiring process, the process is pretty similar across roles at Help Scout, which I also love. But what we do that I think is unique is that the first video chat is with your, the hiring manager. So the person you'd be reporting to, we think that's really important to have that right out of the gate, because who's going to know probably best, you know, mm-hmm. best represent that team and, and the company. And also, it's great to be able to meet your potential boss right away and see, hey, is this going to work for either of us? Yeah. And then and then from there, if that goes well, they have a, a chat with someone on usually a teammate. So and those conversations become more technical in nature and sort of, you know, dive into skills assessments and, you know, just talking about their you know previous experience and, and whether that aligns. I didn't mean like technical in nature, like it's a quiz or, yeah. you know, we don't do no, no remote whiteboarding ever. <laughs> And then from there is usually is the next step is a chat with uh, myself um, or someone from People Apps. And we like to have a conversation pretty early on about salary and we go over benefits and the rest of the process. And then I always like to ask some questions just to further assess that, you know, values alignment and that there'll be, you know, an additive to our culture. 
And then from there, every role at Help Scout, there's a take-home project. We want them to be really relevant and typically no more than six hours because, you know, we know people have jobs and, and looking for a job feels like a job. And we just really, we don't want to, you know, bog someone down with some project that takes days on end. And what we do that I really love and that I suggest all companies should do is we, we pay people for their time. So if you do a project at Help Scout, we'll, you know, compensate you. And it's more just a gesture that we're appreciating that you're giving time mm-hmm. and effort to us. And we're not just, you know, taking that for granted. And then we assess the project. And if it, you know, if the project plus all the interviews, if that story is looking like this is a great person for our team, we always have like a final interview. And that's usually with someone from the leadership team. And then we ask for references and make an offer. Wow. Really like the take home project aspect of that. And also the culture kind of assessment, you know, making sure that it's it's not just, you know, people's abilities to do the job at hand or their experience, but remote environments look different. So it is about, you know, how they communicate, how they present themselves, how they make decisions, problem solve. All of these need to, to be assessed, right? So yeah. it sounds like a very holistic approach, which I'm sure would be useful for some companies that are maybe starting out remote as well or looking to, to refine their process. Yeah. So HelpScout is a remote first organization. Mm-hmm. You guys have a, a bit of an office, a, a HQ, some people there. Um, yeah. So it's sort of a, it's sort of misleading. We do have a small Boston office, but on any given day, day, there's probably no one there. I go in on Mondays typically, and that's where I, I film our Monday videos because I have now a small little video studio there, but we're very much remote. I'd say, you know, we love having the physical space though for onboarding. So even though we are a remote company, we do love having new folks come together and and meet some faces and just have some in-person bonding time before you go back and then you're, you know, behind the screen for quite a while. We just think it makes for a nicer experience to form some bonds of trust in person. Yeah, love that. Tell me about your videos. Tell everybody else about your videos because I've been following you for a while and I love your videos, but talk to us about the concept behind these videos and just your general enthusiasm for connectivity across remote teams. Yeah, um, I'm so glad you asked. So (laughs) when I first started at Help Scout, one of the very first things Becca said to me, Becca, our head of people, was, So we just started doing these Monday videos and I don't want to do them. Do you want to do them? And I just lit up because there's always been this little piece of me that's always, you know, wished I, you know, was on Saturday Night Live or, you know, a late night TV host. Just, you know, there's that little piece that's been like, well, what would what would life have been like if I I pretended to have any kind of talent and, and go, you know, the Hollywood route? So this actually was the best of all worlds because I got to live out some of those dreams <laughs> pretending <laughs> that I have a, you know, my own television show and a forced audience that has to watch it every week. What could be better? <laughs> and so, you know, also at the time, Help Scout had, you know, about 20-ish people and I was probably one of two extroverts. So I think that also helped that I don't mind kind of being silly on camera or in front of groups. So it really just, again, was the perfect storm opportunity. And so I really took it and I ran with it. And I thought, all right, this is going to happen every week. You know, we want this to feel special and unique. And I wanted it to be like, this is a thing people look forward to, not just something that's an interruption. So 
luckily, you know, everyone at Help Scout still to this day, you know, seems to appreciate me just being kind of weird and, and doing the things that come to mind and keeping everybody, as I call it, infotained. So it's entertainment and it's also information. Every week, you know, I, didn't, I announce birthdays and company anniversaries and then new hires, as well as just, you know, company info, you know, with the retreat coming up, it's a bunch of reminders. And then I'm just always trying to make it fun or silly. So mm-hmm. there's been little, you know, bits that have evolved over time. Like when we have new folks in the office for onboarding, I, I try to interview them. And then there's a segment called Four Questions with Leia, where I have four questions that I throw at them. And you know, they have to kind of answer on the spot, but you know, they're nothing, no trick questions, just interesting things for the company to get to know them better. Because again, we're remote, you know, you're not going to meet each other over the lunch table. So you just have to really always be thinking like, how do I, people get to know each other in a way that's not tied to an office. And I think it just kind of forces you to be more creative and hopefully that's Mm. sort of helped be my inspiration and, and motivation for these. So four questions with Leia is fun. I also forget how this one started, but just thinking of different ways to present the information. One day I, I took a notebook and I started pretending I was writing in my diary. And then I did the whole thing with a really weird voiceover that now everyone calls my dear diary voice. <laughs> <laughs> and those just sort of evolved. And like the whole point was that in each different t- shot, I'm like writing in this diary in a weird place <laughs> that just doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But you know, it's, it's engaging. It's weird. Yeah. You know, this week I was really having fun with editing and so that there looks like there's two versions of me and I'm like having a conversation with myself, you know, just always trying to up the ante yeah. and, and make it weird and interesting so that, you know, for the two minutes I have the company that they're paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so creative. It's fun. And it's something that, you know, as a as somebody who who still works remotely as an entrepreneur, but who had worked in many companies remotely and led teams, I feel that that would be something that on a Monday morning, you're actually kind of looking forward to Monday to have a cup of coffee and watch that and, Mm -hmm. you know, have a bit of a laugh and have the updates right in front of you. Like I can imagine that would be very fulfilling. Yeah. I I feel really lucky every time I share it, everyone, you know, puts emojis on it and there's comments and, you know, people give real life feedback or, you know, often say things like that, like, oh, this made me look forward to Monday or, you know, there've been a few moments where if I'm running behind and I haven't shared the video by, you know, the afternoon, a couple of people will ping me on Slack and be like, where is it? And, you know, truth be told that nothing makes me feel better than that, you know, to know yeah. that people are like waiting for it. So I think yeah. the best thing about it, though, is that anyone could do this, right? There's nothing innately special about what I'm doing. I started doing these on my iPhone. And so... <laughs> I didn't have a video studio day one. I've, this is all self-taught and, you know, obviously cause I, I love it and I fell in love with video production. I wanted to really up the ante, but you could just do it on your, an iPhone every week and it'd be great, you know, mm. and, and any, any company could really, really start that. And why we love it too, is that it's asynchronous. So people can watch it when it's makes sense for them. And mm-hmm. I sometimes joke, you know, our four or five folks in Australia, it's a Tuesday video for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it all comes down to effort and actually real empathy and really caring about those folks that you work with and wanting to genuinely make sure that they are engaged and included. Absolutely. Like that, that really yeah. comes across in the work that you do and in what you share from an outsider. And it sounds like from an Thank insider you. too. So I think that's the... 
that's the difference. And a lot of companies, you know, they go remote, but they don't have that at the forefront of the mind, right? It's all about the processes and the tools and the technology, which equally play a huge part. But, you know, how important is that consideration and that effort in remote team? Yeah. And I think, and and that's the thing a lot of people bring up, I think, to say, oh, well, you know, I could never work remotely or it doesn't work because people feel isolated and they feel lonely or, you know, you just need humans, things like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's ways to get that in your life and still work remotely. But even more, you know, to counter that is, you know, you feel a little less lonely, lonely when you have like a Monday video happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do other, you know, intentional things around video to just keep people seeing faces and, and feeling like there's really humans out there and it's not just, you know, Slack avatars. And that's so important. How would you describe the culture at Help Scout? Because it looks so fun and so great, but how would you describe it? And what do you think were the key, the pivotal points or strategies or conversations that have helped get you guys to where you are today? Yeah. So early on, the company, you know, Becca led an exercise to decide our company values with the team when we were small. And it really, the themes that emerged became our three values of helpfulness, excellence, and ownership. And it's really just been infused through so much of the company and, and just what, how we communicate and what we look for and how we do our work. And so I think the culture really feels that way. I think we, it's a really a hundred people who all first and foremost want to help each other. You ask an engineer to do something for you and they're like, great. You know, a lot of like cross team collaboration absolutely does happen here. And if, you know, you just ask someone for some random favor, they're really eager to do it. And then everyone really wants the product and, and the company to be successful and to do their best work. And so you're surrounded by all these people who are really working hard and are really talented. And I think that just really drives everyone to continue to be their best. And it's sort of this, you know, cycle of <laughs> pushing everyone to continue to want to do better in a way that's not, you know, unhealthy or super competitive. It's like, no, we all succeed in this together when we're all working really hard. And I think what's great too, is that early on our leadership team and Nick, especially always wanted Help Scout to be more than just a successful business. You know, it's always been clear that we want this to be a place where people want to work long-term. We're not trying to just, you know, rocket ship you know, IPO or sell and be gone. Like we want this, you know, Help Scout's nine years old. We've been around for a while and, and that's the plan to stick around and continue making a great product and a, a great company that people love to work at. And about, you know, a, a couple of years ago, we became uh, B Corp certified, which is super unique for a tech company to do. And I'm not sure, you know, if you're familiar, but just to share, you know, uh, to become B Corp certified, it's, you know, companies, for-profit companies have to go through an extremely rigorous process, including, you know, changing how you're incorporated to show that you are balancing purpose mm -hmm. as well as profit and that you are caring about environmental sustainability and giving back to the community. And, and there's, you know, categories you have to hit certain scores in, in order to receive the certification. So for U.S. folks, some of the big ones that people recognize are, you know, Ben and Jerry's mm -hmm. ice cream is B Corp's. REI, Patagonia. So the, you know, these brands that people just really know and trust and know they're like giving back to the, to the world and doing good. And it just feels, we're all so proud it helps out to be on that list with those people and, and that we're a tech company. So it's not only our, you know, so many tech companies say, oh, we want to give back and we care. It feels like we're actually, you know, holding our feet to the fire and we're proving it. And I love that. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that as well. And, you know, I think human capital is the best resource that you have in any business. And no longer are people, no longer do people just care about the title or the salary anymore. They want that purpose. They want that vision. They want to feel a part of something bigger. And it definitely sounds like you guys have created that environment in not just by what you say, but in what you guys do on a daily basis, internally and externally. Yeah, I really, I just think authenticity and transparency are so important to everyone here and how we just are as a company. And yeah, I just think it has that impact and it, it's, it feels special to be a part of. It really does. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You mentioned that you've been around for, for nine years, but I read that you guys scaled pretty quickly over three years. You went from 25 to 95 employees. So, you know, that was quite quickly bringing on a lot of employees over the, the course of three years. What were some of the biggest learnings for you or on a company level at that stage? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think, you know, growing quickly and scaling quickly is so relative. Like, you know, some companies are like, yeah, we added a hundred people in one year and like that blows my mind so I'm like yeah yeah I feel like we've always been pretty reasonable and and deliberate and intentional about our growth and so it's been about you know 30-ish folks a year which is not nothing but you know certainly not as as wild as you hear about but I think Mm -hmm. what we've learned is it's just a fascinating process I think to witness like what works at 40 people and what works at 50 people and then it starts to be like oh this doesn't actually work or, oh, that policy or guideline we had, oh, that doesn't actually work. And, you know, you just have to constantly mm-hmm. be aware of what's starting to not work and, you know, listen to your teammates and to your company who are giving you feedback and then make changes and, and be flexible. Or, you know, I think you start to realize like more mm-hmm. things need to be written down. And for a remote company that's already writing and documenting so many things, you're like, yeah. how can there be more things that we need to make a policy about or a guideline about? But you know, just the more people you have working there, I think the more questions people have, or they want to have thoughts about how you go about doing this. And then you're like, oh yeah, we should probably write that down and have, you know, something in practice for people to find in our, our company wiki. So I think that's been great. And then also, you know, we started, I think as a lot of startups do with sort of like a flat structure, we're like, oh yeah, we don't have managers or that many managers, especially on the engineering side. And so, you know, early on, you get a lot of engineers who are really excited by that. And then you start growing and, you know, before you know it, it's like, okay, well, the head of engineering can't have like 15 people or 20 people reporting just to her. Like, all right, we need to add different layers of management. And then, you know, as it it gets bigger and you add more. And then I think a lot of those early folks are like, I don't, I didn't come here because I wanted a manager or this, you know, mid layer separating me between myself and the VP. And I think we could have done more storytelling early on about like, hey, these are, we're growing, things change. The organization needs different structure and, and we're not just adding managers mm-hmm. to like micromanage you or to not, you know, mm-hmm. we are very intentional at Help Scout. We even call our managers coaches. We don't actually say managers mm-hmm. internally. And we could have done, I think, a better storytelling job sooner to be like, these are coaches. We're just adding folks here who can pay more attention and develop your career. So it took mm-hmm. us a little bit longer. And I think, you know, getting everyone on board to like having more coaches took a, took a bit, but I think is now in a really, in a really great place. And also I think it's good to have conversations about career growth because maybe if you're an engineer who really loves a flat structure and a lot of autonomy, 
a company that grows maybe isn't the place for you. And that should be a totally acceptable conversation to have. Like if you love being one of the first engineers somewhere and building, you probably don't love being an engineer at a hundred people or more. Mm-hmm. And, and so just helping people become more self-aware about like what makes them happy. And, and if it helps, mm-hmm. scouts, if help scouts, not the place to do it. We want to really help people find where they're happiest. Yeah. That's some great advice there just around the structures storytelling about you know what is happening provide that transparency around these structures because it's inevitable it's going to happen and as you said it may suit some people it may not but that transparency will make that easier so tell me the final question I have for you today is tell me what your own experience has been like as a remote worker um how long have you been remote working and have you had any kind of key learnings along that journey yeah so Help Scout, I confess, is my first remote job. So, you know, I jumped right in head first. And I, I to be honest, I was a little nervous. I my background, I was a high school classroom teacher in the public school system in New York City. And then I was, you know, an administrator in higher ed at a university where so I've always been very tied to physical space to do my mm-hmm. job. But what's interesting looking back, I, before I even knew that remote work was even kind of a concept, I I just I questioned how work was being done in the environments that I was in and just knew there could be a way to do things that was more creative and, you know, more innovative. And it's, it's kind of interesting now to look back and say, Oh yeah, I was very primed and ready for this next step. I just didn't even, you don't know what you don't know. And so the opportunity with Help Scout came along and I was like, yes, this is exactly what I've been thinking about. This company seems to be onto something and I want to help figure that out. And, you know, it was the right time, right place, um, and it worked out. And so I think for me, I, I definitely know I've been lucky that I have been, I'm in Boston. So we have a small office here and about at any given time, we've had between, you know, five and 10 people who are based in Boston. So for someone who was that extrovert and used to being in an office, I think I've had a nice sort of small hybrid situation. Although, you know, I am home four days a week. So, but, you know, not by any means are we like in an office with lots yeah. of people, but just, I think knowing that that's there for me sometimes is helpful. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were to ever leave Boston and stay with Help Scout, you know, I know the strategies are the things I would need to seek out to be a successful remote worker. And I think if you're not able to, in your home, create sort of an office space for yourself, and then hopefully the company will help you rent a co-working spot. I think it's just, you know, it's important to still feel like even though you're home, you're sort of going to work, you know, <laughs> and, and you're not just sitting on the couch with your laptop, which, you know, some people do like, and that's fine. But I think a lot of folks at Help Scout all have dedicated space where we have our setups and it feels very much like, you know, I walk into this room and now I'm at work yeah. and I, you know, I'm heads down. But I think what I also love is now I can't imagine going back. And this is someone, you know, who likes people and being around people. I just, when I have visited, you know, friends at their offices recently, I'm so overwhelmed by like how many people there are in one space yeah. and how loud it is and everyone's talking. And I'm just like, how do you get anything done? And I think that's the real magic is that when you work remotely, you're also in control of your own ship. So mm-hmm. if I want, if I want to be heads down, I can close Slack, you know, or put on, you know, my notifications and be undisturbed. When you're in an office, I think there's this whole extra level of like distractions mm-hmm. that you just have to manage that I have certainly forgotten about and, and feel grateful to not have to deal with. And, and beyond, you know, just heads down work at home, I can also throw in a load of laundry or hop out in the middle of the day, take my dog on a walk. And 
I just feel like I have so much more control over my work life and my personal life. And, and it's just so fulfilling in that sense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Here, here. And I, I think sometimes we forget as remote workers who have done this for a while, the benefits you know, that, that we have until, you know, if I'm traveling and I have to commute, I'm like, oh, how do people do this every day? You know, <laughs> but we are incredibly lucky. But also you guys have made a tremendous effort at Help Scout to make this work. So I think, you know, some of the main takeaways in speaking to you today was around, you know, there is no one size fits all around you know companies around people how you set up your routines your practices but it is about being intentional about the humans behind the screen and getting creative about that you know and creative in an authentic way that relates to your company culture and and that it does start from the top down like it does require leaders or founders to really embody that for the rest of the company to to thrive in that environment so thank you so much for being on the show yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a delight. Of course. And if anybody wants to learn more about Help Scout or get in touch with you, Leah, how can they do so? Yeah, I, I hit me up on LinkedIn. I love Twitter. Leah is nobler. <laughs> Not too hard to remember. Um, but yeah, happy to ta- chat about any of these things. Great. Thanks, Leah. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Human Behind the Screen. I hope that you found it beneficial and had lots of key takeaways from today's conversation. Head on over to iTunes and don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. If you do have any ideas or would like to advertise on this podcast, you can email us directly at podcast at operateremote.com. If you want to learn even more from this podcast and check out the key themes that came up, you can check out our blog at www.operateremote.com forward slash blog. Thanks for listening and talk soon.